0: Sports Talk, Talk New, York New York with your York hosts, host, Mark, Mark Rosenman and, and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Salomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J.
1: Joining us now is the man who is a journalist, filmmaker, with more than three decades of professional media experience. He has authored and edited WHA books, directed the amazing six-DVD WHA Hall of Fame DVD and Blu-ray series, produced WHA documentaries. He's also curated the official WHA Hall of Fame Museum display at the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame Museum. He also writes for Inside Hockey Magazine and publications globally, while heading his own multimedia and video company. He grew up in Indianapolis, intently following his WHA Racers, his Walter Ego, Randy Love, lead singer and founder of the Marshmallow Overcoat, the American Garage Band, formed in 1986. To this day, they are considered an essential part of the Paisley Neo Psychedelic bands that formed in the 1980s, AJ also had one of his own. It's a pleasure to welcome a man who would fit right in with Jefferson Airplane as well as the Houston Arrows. It is a pleasure to welcome back Randy Love, better known as Timothy Gasson, to WLIA Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Tim.
0: Mark, you have just won the Internet with that introduction. (laughs) I will send the trophy. I'll get it in the mail, and it'll come later this week. But I've never been described as someone who would both fit in with the Jefferson airplane and the Houston Arrows. These are the highest compliments that I could possibly... um, uh, have been given. So thank you for having me back uh, on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Our pleasure. And before we get into the hockey books, I mentioned The Marshmallow Overcoat in the Open because I think it's worth mentioning that you've also written two books, The Nights of Fuzz, The New Garage and Psychedelic Music Explosion, as well as Echoes in Time, Garage and Psychedelic Music Explosion, 1980 to 1990, about the garage band scene, of which you were a big part of. So tell our audience a little bit about The Marshmallow Overcoat and your alter ego, Randy Love, because it's interesting, our earlier guest, also. had an alter ego you know he was the Minnesota farm boy wrestler as well as Hank Garrett the actor so tell our audience a little bit about your your garage band
0: well you know I love going up and touring through Canada with both my hockey stuff and my garage music stuff (laughs) because there are people in Canada who come to the events with albums that I've done and then the WHA books both to get autographed so they're the only people in the world who know me both from this world of garage rock and psychedelic music and uh, and also from the hockey world, but uh, I appreciate that you brought up the Marshmallow Overcoat and the Garage Underground music and the books I've done because just in this next week, released commercially, will be a documentary film, a feature film about the 30-year career of my band, the Marshmallow Overcoat, and uh, that'll be available um, in uh, just uh, I think August first. So the, the timing is good to, uh, to bring up uh, uh, the marshmallow overcoat and the garage rock um, underground. Uh, so yeah, I had these two parallel careers going in underground music, both as a journalist and a uh, composer and audio producer and being in this band for three decades, and also being a hockey journalist and a hockey filmmaker and a hockey historian with the uh, WHA Hall of Fame. Very cool. So,
1: so let me transition here. Would it be a stretch to say that some ways in its infancy, not as it got going, but in the very early stages, that the WHA was sort of like a garage band?
0: Absolutely right. I often refer to it that the WHA was the punk rock major league. (laughs) You know, in the 1970s, in the early 1970s, when the NHL still had guys wearing suit coats and crew cuts, like uh, a, a guy like Pat Stapleton, who was an NHL All-Star playing with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, he had a flat top, and he wore a little checkered blazer. He signs uh, with the World Hockey Association in the early 1970s, and suddenly he grows his hair out and has this Dutch boy haircut and is wearing bell-bottoms. Um, the the WHA was very much a group of rebellious individuals, both on the ice and in the front offices of those uh, uh, cities and uh, franchises. Yeah, they were very much a garage rock, punk rock league.
1: Now, you've had a, a pretty busy couple of months, as you've had three books published since May. The first was an updated version of Positive Ways, the History of the Indianapolis Racers, uh, Hockey 1974-1979, to which is about the team that you got hooked on hockey from. Then you have WHA Game Day, 1972 to 79, Game Program Stories from the Archives of the WHA Hall of Fame, and its perfect companion, 1972-1979, WHA Media Guys. So tell us a little bit about the genesis of the, the two books, the two new books.
0: Well, you know, the WHA Hall of Fame, as you mentioned it, you're very kind open. uh, You know, as a film producer and video producer, I've produced about 20 hours now of documentaries and restored game footage and stuff uh, from the World Hockey Association Hall of Fame, um, available uh, commercially. And we've also published books. I mean, we have a book book out called Winnipeg Jets, the WHA Years Day by Day. That's about the 1972 to 1979 uh, Winnipeg Jets. We... Also have a little coffee table book out called the World Hockey Association Hall of Fame, uh, Historic or uh, Photographic History of the Rebel League, 1972 to 79. That's a hardcover book. uh, That's uh, all color photos. And as you just mentioned, just a couple weeks ago, a couple uh, new books. Now, the Indianapolis Racers book, Positive Waves, that's a personal memoir of mine because when I was a teenager, as you said, I grew up, with Indianapolis uh, and the Racers, and Wayne Gretzky, Pat Stapleton, Mark Messier, uh, Michelle Dion, um, some wonderful memories of Indianapolis almost as an ideal WHA franchise, uh, the kind of city that didn't have major league hockey before and went, and went nuts for it. Um, and these two new books, uh, as you said, WHA Game Day, this is a collection of game stories uh, from WHA programs. Uh, in the process of operating the WHA Hall of Fame, which is going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate our tenth anniversary this fall. So we've been doing this for a little a little while now. We've accumulated so much stuff, so much information, um, and a lot of it has to do with with game programs. I love paper game programs. You know, for a kid going to see a major league game today. They won't realize there used to be little magazines, game programs, actually eight-and-a-half-by-eleven magazines that you could have at the game and read about your favorite players and read about the opposition and uh, see the rosters and photos. Uh, Well, I love those days. I love those game programs. So what we've done is we've taken uh, the best uh, from the WHA-era game programs from as many of the different teams as possible and compiled uh, them into a book called WHA Game Day. The other book is very interesting. It's a compilation of all seven years of the World Hockey Association official league media guides. Now, every team put out a media guide for each year, but the league also put out their own media guide that covered the league for each year. And uh, so I've gone and I've scanned all seven of those. It's 800 pages altogether um, and cleaned them up, replaced photos with better quality photos if I had the exact – same photo and better quality, uh, did a lot of restoration and just archiving on, on these things so that as an electronic file, it can be a nice archive for the history of the league. But now you can also have it as a paper book in the exact same size um, as the originals. Um, and so we're very excited about that as a resource uh, for hockey fans. Now you can have all the statistics, all the incredible information, and all the stuff, uh, uh, information about the awards that the league gave out. Um, their MVP awards, uh, all that background information. And you can really see the league, the World Hockey Association, grow and grow and grow and ebb and come back and then get ready to merge with the NHL in 1979.
1: It's so cool because, you know, this is, you know, You take a look, and you know, AJ and I have been through it. And and, you know, when you you look at the marketplace and and what books you think might have a market, the WHA has not been in existence since 1979. So that's 39 years ago. It lasted seven years, the ABA lasted nine, the AFL, 10 years. Yet I think you have single-handedly have produced more content on the WHA than anyone else combined in the other two defunct leagues. So the first question is, how much of a market is there for content on a league whose fan base, at at absolutely at the youngest,
0: is pushing sixty? <laughs> yeah, and that's funny because you're right. I'm in my late fifties, and I was on the young end of. Right. Uh, uh, the fan base for the, for the WHA. And this is, for these last 10 years, this has been the constant question for us, for me and my partners. What is it that hockey fans who are interested in hockey history, what is it that they like to get from us? What is it that they want? Now, uh, because I'm a filmmaker, uh, I wanted to go and acquire the rights to as much of the best quality film and video as possible and just make sure that was archived for future generations, and that's why those DVD series and our Blu-ray uh, made a lot of sense. But with these books, these two new books that I have out, have out now, um, WHA Game Day and the 72 to 79 media guys, was kind of a test from me. I wanted to see what did people, would they respond to this? Is this more of what they want? And I was fascinated the first week that these two books was out, which was last week, or two weeks ago, um, these two books were number two and number three in the Amazon Canada uh, book sales for hockey books. So uh, Canadian fans obviously responded in the middle of summer uh, very positively uh, to this. I've gotten a lot of mail, and we're selling well in the United States as well. Um, These are the two kinds of books that hockey history fans uh, seem to want. Now, I remember when I was a kid, and we'd be in the middle of the summer like we are now. Now, in Tucson, it is hotter than the surface of the sun right now. It is not uh, uh, premium hockey weather here right now. What I would do when I was a kid in the middle of summer like this is I would go find hockey history books and read them. I mean, I think other people do that, too, and uh, just from the uh, initial sales on these two new WHA Hall of Fame books, I guess people still do that.
1: You know, it's interesting because I think there's another layer to it, right? So I got these two books, and I immediately, I I was fascinated, And, and especially the media guys. You look at the first season, Gary Davidson is the president, Lee L. Meade is the public relations director, Steve Arnold is the director of player personnel. Each one of those names is a story unto themselves. I'm wondering how much like time you spent you know when you're going through this and you come across a name that you didn't know and then you go to the Internet. Like, I did that on, on mostly every single page where there was a name that <laughs> vaguely seemed familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Then I Googled it and read more. So it led to, like, probably a, a thousand Internet searches for me just looking at the you book. Know, you know, I think going the other way, you want to take a look and say people you know, well, way back when, how do they show up? And, and look in a book like this and say, right. okay, you know, I know what happened to so-and-so. This, I know so-and go back to see what happened, what, what was he you know, in 1972 75. Right. That's the fun for me. The other thing I was thumbing through the book before, look at things like ticket prices. You know, Look at stuff like that. Oh. You know, $8, $7. And you look and say, wow. And for people who, don't, who remember it, gee, it's nostalgic. And for, for kids who want to learn about the history, say, what? A ticket was $8? Look at things like that.
0: Yeah, you know, kids, kids react, to, or people who... You know, they were even born when the WHA uh, had already merged with the NHL. What they get fascinated about is that this was an alternate universe unto (laughs) itself, another major league with all these colorful uniforms and uh, interesting characters and also stars that they knew from the NHL or stars who would become stars uh, in the NHL. And they get fascinated uh, by that. And I also think, Mark, to answer your earlier question, you know, all these years on now and 10 years in the WHA Hall of Fame, um, why are people still interested or fascinated, or why am I still interested and fascinated? It's for the reason that you, that you mentioned. When you go through and see the personalities involved, they all are intertwined in a much larger history. I mean, almost all the guys who were involved in getting the WHA started uh, were involved in the American Basketball Association, or later in the World Football League, um, involved in all kinds of different world tennis, all kinds of different uh, um, uh, sports uh, uh, ventures. And then the young stars, guys like Wayne Gretzky, obviously going on to the NHL and then um, becoming a Hall of Fame uh, kind of player. Those players didn't just appear uh, in the NHL, they started in the WHA. Um, so I think, and also, you know, because of the merger and how the teams, some of the teams uh, survived and went on in history, it harkens back. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers were in their 40th anniversary um, patch in 2012, Well, that wasn't their 40th anniversary of being in the NHL. That was their 40th anniversary of being a major league team starting in 1972 in the WHA.
1: Absolutely. One of the other things that I I found so incredible, and when I was looking through it, I I wrote down that, this, is, this could be your next documentary. You look at the guys who covered the teams back then. You had John Sterling did the New York Raiders games. Steve Albert, the Cleveland Crusaders. Jerry Truppiano, the Arrows. Barry Landers, the New York Golden Blades. Lorne Brown, the Cougars. <laughs> Carl Brewer did the Toro games. Those are some pretty big names as far as broadcasting. Were you surprised at how many of those announcers have gone on to bigger things since their, their WHA days? And have you ever thought of doing maybe uh, uh, Voices of the WHA record? Well,
0: that's a great idea, but you know, and it's another reason why I think uh, people are still fascinated with this league. It wasn't just the guys on the ice who were given the opportunity to be major leaguers, and all these new cities have the opportunity to to become major um, hockey markets. It was the guys in the front office were uh, able to. Uh, suddenly, be administrators in the major league. You'd be amazed how many of those WHA guys are in front offices or in the league office for the NHL today. Oh, it's amazing yeah. how many I come across, and it's the same for the broadcasters. So hard to get your uh, foot in the door, as we all know. Talking to you guys to get your foot in the door in broadcasting and to show what you can do. The WHA gave that opportunity to some of those uh, young guys that you just mentioned uh, who went on uh, to have stellar careers. Well, they wouldn't have had that chance to show what they can do at the major league level if the WHA wasn't around. You
1: know, I love the 77-78 media guide as it reads like, for me, the old who's who in baseball, where you have the the cool you know headshot of the player and the stats. And it just brought me back to, like, the, the early 60s, you know, 66, 67, where I would wait for the who's who and, and just looking through it brought me back. Your other book is the perfect companion to the media guide. And, it, and as you mentioned, it's WHA Game Day, which collects game program stories from the archives of the WHA Hall of Fame, offering up 300 pages of tales about the league, teams, and players. I have to imagine that that had to be an amazing task of going through all that, Material to, to call out what you felt was the best three hundred to include in the book. You mentioned that the game day program, not only for hockey, for me as an NFL jet season ticket holder, I always loved you know uh, Pro magazine, which was the, the magazine that you would get for the game day, which had you know articles on the players. Or in hockey, you know, included in the Ranger game program was Goal magazine. Um, you take a look Stan Fischler is featured in this book were there any writers that you saw you know consistently coming up because not only that the teams kind of shared their stories so you know the visiting team would give that home team an article and that would circulate through the league so it was their way of kind of branding the teams through the league you know uh, pretty much consistently were there any you know writers that jumped out at you like oh wow this guy started out as a WHA writer
0: well i mean A lot of the writers of the game program stories were guys who were working in the media relations department for the team in their, in their town or for uh, the league office and they never had their names attached to the stories. I'm fascinated by that because I do, uh, different team, uh, media uh, stuff for college and pro hockey as as well, and I know how hard it is to put this stuff together and to get it out there. And a lot of those people, I still, after all my research, don't know who wrote much of this stuff. Um, but as you said, it was a difficult challenge for me to, to accumulate this and to go through it. It took months and months. Someone just said to me, well, Tim, how hard was it for you to just Xerox some stories and put it in a book? <laughs> Um, That's not what I did. As you said, I went through thousands and thousands of pages to pick stuff and then had to try to put it in an order kind of like a music playlist to try to tell the story of the league from the team's perspective, from the player's perspective, talk about the international influence of the WHA on hockey, um, and then some early coverage of the league and what people thought about Um, uh, the league, and then a little bit about what the legacy of what that has uh, left behind. Always trying to keep the focus, you know, as you said, kind of in a, 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 kind of in a companion to that media guide, which is about statistics and hard data. Well, the game day book is about the people who made the WHA, the players and the people who made it. And that's why I'm still fascinated by this league. They were amazingly interesting people.
1: It's also a, a snapshot of the time, because the writing has changed. Over forty years the way people wrote feature articles has definitely changed. Okay. So it's an awesome book. We appreciate it. where's the best place for people to get these books?
0: Well, whether you're anywhere in the world, but especially in the America, the US and Canada, just go to Amazon and go and search for the titles. That's WHA Game Day and also nineteen seventy two to nineteen seventy nine WHA Media Guides. Or just uh put in WHA Hall of Fame and the book should come up. Um, that's the best and cheapest way to get them. Or go to our website, whahof.com. That's the uh, WHA Hall of Fame website.
1: And I have to admit, in closing this interview, I kind of dropped the ball here because what I should have done, knowing that you know, I had AJ sing the Car 54 Where Are right. You theme song with one of the stars from Car 54. I should have sent you the Marshmallow Overcoat you know, records so <laughs> right, you, you could me have sing sang with That's Tim. But I, I, I blew it next what, time. What's, one singing is enough. <laughs> no, not just right. one show, but no, for one year's worth no, no, but of we're, we're going to have Tim on again in the future for sure. So I'm going to, along with your strongman cologne that I'm going to get you <laughs> for the Car 54, I'm going right. to get you the Marshmallow Overcoat retrospective so you can that. listen. And next time, Tim, it's a deal, right, Tim? You will sing one of the Marshmallow Overcoat's big hits with AJ, right?
0: No. Oh, abs- absolutely, and, and so maybe I should hold that Internet trophy back until then because you <laughs> might not do yourself with, with that episode. With that no, I hope we you, can do it real soon.
1: You haven't heard me say it, and you don't want to hear me say <laughs> Well, no, you, you're perfect. You it you're, you're perfect for the fuzz. You know, you, you know, yeah. That psychedelic okay. fuzz, I, I love it. I, I, I can see you kind of doing Riders on the Storm. I, I can see you doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Okay. All right, Tim, we appreciate it so much. Thank you,
0: AJ. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. I hope to to be back with you real
1: soon. Absolutely. Timothy Gasson, two great books. Also the Hockey Hall of Fame curator. Great stuff.